of the Living Geek. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Super Segoy Cast on the NOTLG Network. I'm Justin. And I'm Alex. And we are going to be bringing you a animation and maybe some technological things for this episode. Um, <laughs> man, sentences are hard sometimes. We're going to talk about some animation and some like technological advances and then uh, some fun cafe stuff in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. Anyway, so we started off watching an uh, anime, anime called Kill La Kill on Netflix. One season as of right now. We don't know if it's been renewed for another. Um, do you want to go ahead and tell them the plot? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it's 24 episodes, and the studio that made it is Studio Trigger. They have a very cool visual style to them. And the story is essentially a transfer student searching for her father's killer, wielding half of the weapon that was used to kill him, which is a giant pair of scissors. And she thinks that she found the murderer at this new high school that she goes to, which is the Honoji Academy. And it's like a fighting school. And the high-ranking students wear these special battle uniforms, and they give them powers called... Well, the powers aren't called this, but the uniforms are called Goku uniforms. She ends up finding her own super powerful version called a Kamui, and she battles her way to the top where she thinks she finds her father's killer. Well, yeah, and like what gives these uniforms powers is what's known as life fibers. Mm Mm-hmm. And it ranks up from one star to three stars, and each of those stars has a specific percentage of how much life fibers are in them. One star is 10, two stars 20, three stars 30. Her Kamui is 100% life fibers. Exactly. So it's like crazy powerful, and there's only like, you know, X amount of people that can actually wear them, because mm-hmm. otherwise it, it'll just turn you into a monster if yeah. there's too many. Like the school, the, the students running experiments... Uh, the sewing club basically was running experiments on like making them stronger, like 40, 50%, and it would overtake the students and turn them into a monster. Yeah. And then they'd have to, they'd have to put them down. Well, no, yeah, what they basically. end up doing is they just like, they chop off the uniform and they go naked. Yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the main character is Ryuko, who's Ryuko, sorry, that's mm-hmm. trying to get, uh, I guess, re- revenge for her father's death. And then you have the student council president, whose name is Satsuki. Mm-hmm. And like so, they kind of battle each other. But as you go through the show, um, you end up finding out that Sasuke's mother is actually the true villain in the in the anime, and that uh, Sasuke's actually trying to stop her. Yeah, and it was pretty cool the way that they did it too. Her mom's a badass, by the way. Like really, she really is. <laughs> she's crazy, and and it turns out that they also have technically, I guess you could say, a third sister in a way. Because well, we haven't even told them that they're sisters yet. And if you oh, find out later on in the show fail. that yeah, Satsuki and Ryoko are sisters. Yeah. Um, My bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what even happened, like, Ryoko ends up being a younger sister to Satsuki, and, like, the parents, or the mother, uh, Ragyo, was trying to do experiments with life fibers no, by no, no, no. implanting them in the oh, baby. yeah, you're right. My bad. Sorry. And so it ends up dying in the experiment, so they just kind of let it go. Well, the father of Ryoko, which happens to also be the father of Satsuki, finds the baby, finds out she's still alive, and actually raises her. And so the reason why she even works with the Kamui is because she's ingrained with life fibers in her body. Yeah, the experiments ended up working out. So she has... She has it in her DNA that she can wear this stuff. Exactly. But he ends up raising her. He doesn't tell her any of this stuff, though. He didn't get a chance to before he was killed. Exactly. But um, he was raising her to 
to fight against them and to be the only person who would be able to defeat all of this crazy world conquest that was going to happen eventually. Yeah, because it ends up turning out later, like way later on in the show, you think it's just these two people fighting each other, and you end up finding out these two people join teams to fight a giant alien that's made up of like thread. Yeah, it's like, and that's where like the life fibers come from, mm-hmm. and uh, they like make suits that like would go onto people and, and, it, like, and they eat it, like, them, eat them basically, and they become like an army of like suits, yeah, and giant suits with like multiple people that were eaten to make them even bigger. And yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, the plot is a little out there, but you know it's fun to watch because because it's just one of those shows where you could you just kind of it throws you into it at the very beginning. Yeah, like you sit there and okay, all of a sudden she's there and she starts fighting people because she thinks that they killed somebody. So it's like okay, cool, this is fun, you know. And the fights are awesome to watch. And like I said, it, they have a very cool visual style. Yeah, it's really in your face. It's, yeah, it's really neat and at first it's a little disorienting trying to like read the subtitles and then also read oh. the titles of people on these gigantic like red kanji symbols yeah. pop up on the screen because that- it's so in your face <laughs> but you get kind of yeah. get used to it you know and it's it's actually really entertaining there was a lot going on is what he's trying to say sometimes yeah because they, they wouldn't they would uh, introduce you to a new character and then they would say their name and their title and it did these giant block kanji letters mm-hmm. and so it would have all of that in you know small subtitles at the top in english so you could read it but then there was also the what they were saying on the bottom right in subtitles so you're like i can't read all of this you and know? i think part of the humor in that was was that it was like they had this like super long title to their name and so like the kanji <laughs> yeah. would just pop out and they're like talking you're supposed to kind of like laugh at like the stupidityness of their like really i laughed even though i couldn't title. read the entire thing <laughs> yeah you know it's, it was just kind of funny i thought it had great humor at, like it, I, I laughed several times i was watching it after he would go to sleep sometimes just because that's when i had my chance to watch an episode and mm-hmm. I, would, I would just start laughing i felt bad because i was like i'm gonna wake him up yeah well <laughs> it's like um on netflix they have it rated tvma and i guess that's because what they they have what is known as fan service oh yeah which i was trying to I didn't really get at first, and Alex was trying to explain to me, but it's like they kind of. Do you get it now? Yeah, it's like it's a. They make the characters have like risque type, like clothing, kind of like. You don't fully see everything, but it's kind of like, hey, thanks for watching our show. Here's a little upskirt shot a little boob jiggle for you from yeah. like, with like the little patch that's covering the nipple area you know yeah it's risque but it's still it's it's not technically adult exactly because you know? yeah. they don't particularly show anything they just show you it, it's all it makes your imagination go yeah you know? basically they're like here's a little preview <laughs> now you can probably imagine what the rest would be like yeah exactly mm-hmm, that, that's pretty mm-hmm. much what it is so it's just like a nice little reward i guess for more of like <laughs> a, a, adults watching it or yeah, yeah you know for whoever would find that interesting and fun i mean it does add a little bit more to it you know yeah and uh i was surprised when i found out that it was actually just on toonami in february yeah and i didn't even know toonami was still around to be honest i used to watch it back in high school yeah i didn't know yeah it like it used to be on when i would get home on weekday afternoons after school so you know they used to show that was back when they used to show sailor moon inuyasha and you know dragon ball and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Um, yeah well, now, you know, I'm sure a ton of you guys already know this because you probably watch it, but Toonami is now on Adult Swim. They took over one of the late night blocks on Saturdays. Yeah. And it's it's adult stuff now. That's or, you know, not can, adult, but, but yeah. Like, like That's this. why this is on there. Yeah, like fan service. Like, yeah. n- n- no nudity or anything, but like a, like we were saying, like a little upskirt, little side boob or whatever. Little yeah. Little, 
Like, but I think that's pretty cool yeah. that Toonami's made it this far, you know? Like, I used to love that, and I don't know why I stopped watching it. Because <laughs> you didn't know when it was on anymore. Oh, that's probably true. It probably yeah. moved, and I was like, oh, I don't I know. I guess it's gone, yeah. <laughs> Let alone we go to bed super early, so it's not like we can stay up till like, 10 o'clock to watch this stuff. Well, yeah, now, but... But, anyway. Well, anyway, so I found something that I thought was really interesting about mm-hmm. Kill la Kill. So, um, the director, his name is Hiroyuki Imaishi. Imaishi. He has said that much of the plot is based on pronunciation of stuff. So, like, if you take the Italian word fascio, it refers to political groups, which is kind of where fascism came from, right? Well, the way that it's pronounced in Japanese is pretty much how you would pronounce fashion. So it's fascio, which oh. is without the N. Okay. But then if you add the N, it's fashion, right? Yeah. So that's integral to the plot on both of those points okay political groups and fashion that makes right? sense yeah okay and not only that but this the word for school uniforms seifuku it's the same as conquest conquest is also seifuku oh so it's it looks exactly the same just the kanji is different okay but it's pronounced exactly the same and uh kiru which is how you could say kill in um katakana technically Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. borrowed english the borrowed english word for kill it also in japanese means cut and to wear so it all kind of ties in together yeah and i thought that that was super cool that's probably where like everybody has those crazy long titles yeah (laughs) right with like all the crazy long political (laughs) titles that are around too yeah so i thought that that was really a fun little tidbit there that's pretty neat yeah i mean it makes sense yeah if you look at it that way yeah and uh you were saying this was made by studio trigger right yes okay well didn't they all they also had like a, another one that recently came out called ninja slayer yeah ninja slayer from animation and i didn't haven't watched this but i'm pretty sure they have a couple episodes out it's not available in our region mm-hmm. on crunchyroll so i can't watch it but i from what i've read it got mixed reviews because the it, it came from a manga and no it came from a novel first Oh. It started out as a novel, and it came out in 2012, and then two different mangas spawned from the novel in 2013, and then it became an anime by Studio Trigger in April of 2015. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, from what I read, the manga, one of the mangas, I don't know which one, (laughs) it was, like, very poorly written, and it was very, like, campy, you know? Yeah, but you're telling me the other day that that's a style of uh, manga writing, correct? Like, it's made like that on purpose? Well, I don't know. This one was made like that on purpose. Well, okay. I thought that was, like, a style that they used. I didn't know that was specifically just made for, like, this one. Yeah. No, I have Um, no idea. Okay. Uh, But from what I understand is that it was just... It was horribly written, and, you know, it had its own style, but it was just, like, it seemed like a cheap manga. You know what I mean? Like, something that they just kind of tossed together and was like, okay, here you go. Which is kind of sad, because the overall plot of it sounds kind of neat which makes me want to like read the novel because i'm sure the novel would probably be pretty good maybe yeah so i mean basically the plot is a man whose wife and daughter are killed by like a ninja and so he ends up merging with a ninja's soul to pretty much get revenge on other ninjas Mm, okay yeah a very simplistic type show again another animation about revenge but it sounds really interesting they become like a ninja grim reaper okay well, but I mean, see, that's all that would require story on whether it makes it or breaks it, you know, like there's plenty mm-hmm, of animes mm-hmm. that they have like no story. I mean, they have like no plot or like a really out there plot, but because it's so fun to watch, it's different, you know. Well, do you have any examples? No, 
no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm drawing a blank to you. Putting me on the spot. I Sorry. don't like that. But as far as the anime goes, so the I've I've read mixed things because they kind of kept it in that same style. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's no budget. It was very poorly created, and they kept all the horrible writing. Okay. So if you were a fan of the manga, you'll be a fan of the anime because it's like, you know, dead on what it was. But okay. yeah. if you don't know anything about it, more than likely you're going to be like, what am I watching? You know, I'm sure it probably has a good following out in Japan. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I would imagine it's kind of on the lines of like Axe Cop. But Axe Cop's hilarious. But, you know, I'm sure to other people who watch it, they're like, what is this garbage? Yeah, why is, you know? this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> why is that true. funny? <laughs> it looks terrible. Its story is terrible. But, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's just really out there and doesn't make any sense. It just has to appeal to a specific group of people. And as long as it does, it'll keep selling. Yeah. But, you know, I was kind of hoping <laughs> that it would have been more like Kill the Kill with all the cool action and all the cool, like, fight scenes. Because some of those fight scenes were super bloody and, like, you know, they, they were gory without being gory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it is really neat. Yeah, if you think about it, yeah, it, it kind of like you see kind of somewhat like maybe some blood splatter or something, but you really don't see anything too terrible happen. I think the worst thing you see happen is a uh, character uh, Nui gets mm-hmm. like her arms chopped off, but she's made of all life fibers, so it's like it's not like it's a human getting really hurt. Yeah, and she like spews blood from both of her arm sockets, but it's like it's not really blood. So you're just yeah, like, it doesn't look like blood. It's kind of like a Tarantino gush, you know, yeah. we're just kind of like. <sighs> Yeah, coming you know, out exactly but it's so cheesy even then, you're like eh. yeah exactly it's more just like fun and bouncy about it it's <laughs> it's kind of weird yeah anyway so speaking of fan service from like kill the kill there's a new cafe in japan it's called macho cafe and it's like <gasps> really yeah it's the reverse of hooters here in america basically oh okay so it's a That's bunch probably of like really fun <laughs> yeah there's a bunch of like super buff like japanese guys with like tank tops and like tight shirts on just like flexing sometimes they go shirtless and things like that you can pay for yeah, what you have to pay for them to take their shirts off i think so well that's not like hooters at all then well it, the girls have shirts on well yeah they do so but- anyway <laughs> they have what's this thing called like it's called the wall of meat the you, what the wall of meat is what it's called the, the wall of meat yeah so right, if you want you pay 27 dollars, and while you're eating a bunch of guys will surround your table and shirtless and like flex and like oh just kind of like and they'll do they'll go in circles around you like a merry-go-round for a little while i don't know exactly how long but it's called the wall of meat because you're just surrounded by shirtless that's buff dudes. hilarious yeah oh my god They'll, they bring you food pancakes like <laughs> if you order pancakes um they like do like poses and like they like put like whipped cream on your pancakes and, yeah. syrup and stuff like that and like kind of like, like the while they're cafes. doing it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i thought that was kind of funny that's and, hilarious yeah i think it just recently opened and uh where do you know where is it in tokyo i believe so i can't remember at this point but yeah we have a link so you can read all about it but um <laughs> they're not like fully open yet like they only open on specific days oh and when they are the line is crazy long yeah well i bet it's it's, like new and different and fun it sounds hilarious like you know actually that reminds me um me and my friend in high school we were trying to we thought it would be fun to make up like a reverse hooters and we were gonna call it nuts you know (laughs) (laughs) nuts yeah and it was gonna be like a squirrel with its cheeks full you know but Uh, they were gonna kind of sag down a little bit that's funny yeah and uh i mean we never obviously took it anywhere we just we were just like that'd be fun you know (laughs) i can only imagine what that would be like as a cafe called nuts (laughs) 
<laughs> That's terrible. You know, there actually are hooters in Japan, though. Are they, are they really? Yeah, there's, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's like five of them. Um, and it's the same menu. It's like exactly the same. It's like American Party is but their, is their tagline. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, there is Hooters over there. I thought that was interesting, too. I, don't, I didn't, I don't think we were, I remember seeing any when we were there in like in Tokyo or. Well, uh, we also weren't looking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're not going to go to Japan to look for Hooters. But right. Maybe next time. Yeah. Well, I think next time we have to go to Hooters and the Macho Cafe. Oh, that's fine. Just to experience that because that would be hilarious. Yeah. I'll pay for a wall of meat. <laughs> the wall of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel bad because I'm not quite as buff as they are. Oh. Well, maybe if people pass out from the wall of meat, we can get some of these fancy robots that they just started coming out with. I'm sure I can use it. <laughs> you want to tell them about the Robear? It'll it'll fit into because it's a Robear. You know, I bet you they're really strong and everything like that. And they can lift you up and carry you to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's this thing <laughs> that they created to like aid nurses, basically, or take over just kind of like... Caregivers. Yeah, caregivers. For, like, at-home caregivers. Even in the hospital, they're using them, too, Oh, though. yeah, yeah. Like, they're called Robears, and it's a robot that looks like a bear. Yeah. And it's built to be strong enough, but also soft enough to be able to, like, help you stand up from bed, help you sit up in bed, or help you kind of get out of a wheelchair and stuff like that. Yeah. They're and, designed with the aging population in mind, basically. Yeah, exactly. And they're trying to take the burden off of caregivers today... By using these robots to help yeah. lift and, you know. And hopefully they're they're wanting to eventually make them do more than that. Like help like wash you and like change your bedpans and yeah. things of that nature. But like, yeah, as of right now, it's just to help you physically kind of get around your house and or like the hospice or hospital. Yeah. That you're in. And that's super awesome. You know, like <clears throat> I'm glad that, that they're inventing robots that have actual use. Because yeah. I think that's amazing. This is the third prototype in six years because they keep improving it and improving it. Like, he's heavy. The Robear is 308 pounds mm-hmm. because he needs to be strong enough to lift people up and exactly. stay balanced, you but know? It's like uh, when I was looking at, like, the video, they kind of put, like, a like a cushion mm-hmm. on, like, the hands area so that well, when it is lifting you, it's softer. Yeah, about that. Those are actually all of the sensors and stuff on the hands. They're made out of rubber. Oh. So that way it is soft to the touch. Okay. And it doesn't, you know, it's not this hard metal stuff that's yeah. on you and what's really neat is um like i i don't know if it provides straps or whatnot for you but like you yeah. kind of like you would lay them on the bed or you would lay them on like your wheelchair and it like hooks its hands through these straps and that's how it carries you like in a hammock type thing yeah so that way it's <clears throat> not bending you in weird ways and stuff like that and it actually the actuators that are on it they have a super low gear ratio so it allows the joints to move quickly and precisely and there's back drivability for softer movements without endangering the people. So back drivability is kind of like having springs, mm-hmm. you know? So that mm-hmm. way, if you move, it's not like just this jarring motion on a robot, okay. you know? It's yeah. just like soft motion to pick you up and stuff like that. And set you down. Yeah, I bet that... I was looking and it's they, they designed it with the bare face because they wanted to create an atmosphere of strength, geniality, and cleanliness. So I thought that was pretty cool, that you know, really cool to keep all these things in mind. Like, that's why it's not like an adult bear. They want to keep it a cub. So it's like, here, I'm gentle and happy, <laughs> you know? If, well, I would have thought they would have like, you know what's kind of funny about Robear? If you think hmm. about it, when we watched, um, yeah, when we watched Knights of Sidonia, 
uh, they had a caregiver type bear. Oh, you're right. It. it made the food, made sure that their like rooms were clean, and yeah. it, like, it took care of the pilots and students that were on the ship. Yeah, you know, she so- wasn't white though. She wasn't a polar bear. <laughs> but no, I, we had an interesting talk about that too because we were like, why is there this one random? bear on the show you know everything else is human yeah. except for the you know the, the evil alien things but like why a bear probably should have looked into that you know well my brother gave me a very interesting reason for it a good explanation okay he was like it's probably because it's such like a depressing and harsh show mm-hmm. you know with all mm-hmm. of the of these like dangerous and sad things happening that they they wanted to give something pleasant to look at you know something fun and cute and like oh here's a happy you know what i mean okay so yeah, i was like oh that makes sense in and a if, sense yeah and if you think about it she was most of the color in the show everything else was really black and yeah, white you're right and very pale yeah yeah she, was. she had blue and she was brown and yeah, yeah, yeah so right. she she was kind of like a, a light in the darkness you could say that makes sense yeah so i mean that kind of works too and yeah and more than just like terms of like color too she was very kind-hearted and caring too yeah exactly so that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. okay and well in terms of robots too like and how it's progressing you look at um awesomeo that was created by honda back in I oh think yeah they started out in like 1986 yeah and how far that thing's come yeah all they wanted to do was create a walking robot and they have completely surpassed that expectation or that goal that they set out to achieve. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If nobody has seen Osimo, well, we're going to put a link, but that robot is It's very super easy cool. to find. Yeah. yeah. So it stands for Advanced Step in Innovative Mobility. That's where you get Osimo. Okay. And he can run, he can walk, he can climb stairs, he can go across uneven surfaces, he can reach mm-hmm. for things, he can grasp things, he can kick soccer balls and he stuff. carry, like, trays of glasses and food and stuff like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And he can understand voice commands, and he comprehends them, He even you know? He understands, like, when you point and things like that, he understands what you're yeah. like, asking him to go do. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, the way that these things are happening, you know? How sm- Like, I was watching some videos, and it's, it, it's such a smart robot, like, when you're walking down a hallway, if it's walking towards you, it will step back and to the side and like put his hand out yeah Yeah. gesture for like and it will tell you go ahead yeah and then you can walk on by and then it'll go back on its way and walk down the hallway like it was meaning to like it's really cool yeah it's like super awesome that when he you know i say he kicks a soccer ball and yeah there are some robots that can like kick soccer balls but they really don't do much But like that's all it's set up to do he winds up and like he kicks a soccer ball it's not Mm -hmm. just like a little putt you know no he can he gets air on that thing you know it's really cool and i think uh, i was reading he runs up to like five miles an hour yeah can you imagine like i mean he's only i don't know how tall he is i think think he's he's like four four foot yeah Yeah. something to make it so that he can reach in shells lights and like into the fridge yeah stuff like that like microwaves now imagine this four foot robot running Mm -hmm. at you at like five miles an hour (laughs) it's kind of it's actually kind of cute because like he'll be standing and then he's like okay i'm gonna start running so he kind of like crouches a little bit bends his knees and then just like takes off yeah pretty funny crazy yeah um well they keep working on him and advancing him right now because i'm sure people are wondering like okay well what's the point of this robot you know like you wanted to build a running robot for what well again uh, it's supposed to be like a helping robot not necessarily maybe a caregiver but somebody to help you in the house this is why it was made four foot tall so that it can carry things put things away and like it could be counter height to help you out they're hoping that the advances that they continue to make with osimo will inspire future robotic students and that someday they'll use what they've learned from him to help 
you know, like like Justin's saying, the mm-hmm. sick and the elderly, or to even help with dangerous tasks that humans do right now, like fighting fires or cleaning up hazmat mm-hmm. stuff and chemicals and, you know, all these things that humans don't need to put themselves in danger for. Well, just like the situation with the radiation, you know, imagine yeah. if that was fully functional now. Yeah. If there was a bunch of Osimos out there, that would that would be awesome. <laughs> um, oh, I was also reading another reason why it's like four foot tall is so that when you are sitting in a chair or in bed things of that nature it's mm-hmm. eye level with you to make it more comfortable to like look into its eyes so yeah. that you don't have to look down or up it's meant to be just comforting. even yeah, yeah comforting exactly that's 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 really cool <clears throat> i like that hopefully yeah. they don't give him red lights so that way if he ever turns <laughs> evil he doesn't <laughs> well again bringing up the evil thing like i i don't know if anybody's ever remembered like the i robot movie which i guess is this where this is kind of going yeah i never would have thought this is something that would really work they have like the um three laws basically for robots mm-hmm. you know one of which is it'll always obey you unless it's to kill somebody and then one it will like protect you unless it's to kill somebody and like i can't remember what the third one is oh, i have them right here actually because yeah. i was gonna go over them in a little bit yeah so i'll just do it now so the first law is that a robot may not injure a human or allow a human to come to harm by inaction so they have to help you unless you know mm-hmm. they have to they just they have to and then the second law is a robot must obey human orders unless it conflicts with the first law. Yeah. So if you tell it, you can't help me while I kill this person, it has to help the person that's going to get injured. Exactly. And then the third law is a robot must protect its own existence as long as it doesn't conflict with the first or second law. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And with how things are kind of going and the way you look at like how iRobot I turned out, you, these laws actually really make sense. They do, but, you know, there's always, like, the the crazy TV shows and movies where the robots end up finding ways to go around it, you mm-hmm. know? Well, well, like in iRobot, that's what happened, well, right? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the creators kind of messed that one up or something like that. Or, yeah. like, they had that AI that became, like, really smart, like, in uh, Age of Ultron type status. Yeah, and exactly. They, mm-hmm. they end up bending the laws. Yeah, exactly. But my, wonder, my question is, would these laws, were they created meant for these robots, or did they, like, steal them from the movie? <laughs> <laughs> This doesn't necessarily pertain to Osimo, but uh, what um, Danny Chu is doing with smart dolls. Oh, yeah. These smart dolls are super cool. Like Very neat. Yeah, I would totally get one. So the way that he markets them, they are, they're not even robots. They're not smart dolls. They're the future of home appliances because that's what he wants to use them mm-hmm. for. He wants to turn them into companions that are going to wander around the house and help you with stuff. So... They look like I, they look like giant Barbies, but anime Barbies. Well, you well, know, let's let's clarify real quick because there's the smaller ones which are just like his normal dolls. Those are the smart right. dolls. The bigger ones, uh, gosh, I can't remember how tall they're supposed to be, but they're fairly tall. Those are the smart dolls plus. Yeah, well, the smart dolls, the the original ones, they're two feet tall, and um, they're five hundred bucks each, and that's kind of a lot, but not when you consider the advances that he made to making this and mm-hmm. he, it's a small startup company so he's doing this all himself really yeah well, I mean, considering like the apple watch is like ten thousand dollars <laughs> well not only the only the gold one I'm right just saying <laughs> if i can get a smart doll for 500 bucks and what it can do I, yeah it's well worth 500 dollars. well i mean okay they, they actually don't do a whole lot they stand up on their own and they they just kind of make cute motions that you can get you program it with your smartphone or your tablet and stuff like that mm-hmm. and okay. they just kind of you know they're they're interactive dolls so she can actually go with things that you say she can recognize things that you say and 
um, like certain keywords and then she'll okay. make motions to respond to that kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And um, with the Smart Doll Plus, oh, well, okay. So one of the reasons why she's so expensive is because he had to create all of the servos and all of the things that fit inside of her Mm -hmm. because she's so small he had to make all those things himself he couldn't just like buy stuff you know in bulk because it doesn't come that small and so that's kind of why he started creating the the smart doll plus so she can actually do a lot more Mm -hmm. and she's four foot tall so that's that's huge that's a big difference yeah and he doesn't have to spend so much time creating custom yeah, he can equipment. Order, yeah, large yeah. quantities of it. Exactly. He just has to program it. He wants it to be like an interactive Siri, basically. Mm-hmm. So she'll walk around the house and do stuff for you. She can she can stand on her own, uh, pick stuff up. She'll have 24-7 internet access. And she can... Basically the caregiving bear in the Osmo. Yeah, exactly. It's just another version, but a cuter version, I guess, or like a more uh, a more day to day version. Yeah, you could I mean, say. Like, if you don't know who Danny Chu is, uh, he has like his. He came about with his own like cartoon line, right? Or like his own little like chibi doll. Yes. Uh, I can't think of her name right now. It's like Mirai or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it's modeled after. Yeah. He has mascots on his website. He started, I used to follow this guy, like, not follow him. I used to, I used to subscribe to his emails um, a long time ago, like 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. He just started doing, like, daily emails with, that were, like, jam-packed full of photos. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah just, like, of just daily day-to-day. life in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. he's from, he's from the UK. His dad is actually the shoe designer, Jimmy Choo. So that's, mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but that's where yeah. he came from. So he's from the UK. And um, he moved to Japan. You know, he started doing his own thing. He started up his own business, and now he's creating robots. <laughs> yeah, which are really cool. Yeah. Um, but I remember reading like how much it costs to make the four foot doll. Yeah. It like he can get a factory and like certain amount of like the servos and supplies for all the regular smart dolls, mm-hmm. and that that's one of the main reasons why he's focusing on selling the littler ones until he has enough backing and whatnot to make the larger dolls. Yeah, so he's making the small ones so he can continue to afford to create the better, better versions of the bigger ones. Exactly. Like, he the, needs to stay afloat. Yeah, the bigger ones are not for sale yet because they're not done. And currently, they weigh about 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's not a whole lot, really. No, and I remember him saying, like, it needs to be 35 pounds because that's how it stabilizes itself when walking about. Right. Having all that weight keeps it balanced, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. You and, know? like, I was reading, they don't want to give it, like, giant robot legs so that it can support itself. They're trying to keep it looking feminine and nice and yeah. appealing to the eyes. So there's still it's still a work in progress to keep it balanced, but also have it look good. Right, and he's gonna come out with a full line because I think he has like in total, one, two, three. Yeah, I think he has like five different mascots for his website. Technically, oh, he's up to five now. Yeah, wow. there's three, maybe four. There's four, three girls and, and a guy. Then the right. guy. Remember, yeah, I remember him reading about the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he's obviously want to appeal to all clients. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's pretty cool. You know, I like what he's doing. Well, I think it's really neat. What he started out doing, his like own little mascot turned into its own show, and he has his own show that he like does like a talk show type thing. And then, yeah, it's called Culture Japan. Yeah, and it's a really good show. It's popular out there. You it know? Very, yeah, you know, and this guy's just—he's self-made. Like he had yeah. no help from his father, which I remember reading about. And this guy literally mm-hmm. just took his own idea and he exploded. Yeah. And like we're saying now, he's making robots. Yeah, it's he's from, making robots. From a little mascot that he was like originally started out with. He's making hobbit-sized robots. <laughs> if you want a hobbit, if you want a Robo Baggins, you a could get Robo one. Robo Baggins. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I want one. Can you imagine? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it could be Samwise in the garden. His, he's gotten so advanced with this technology, though. He works with the Japanese government for different things because he's like p- part of the, the Ministry of Tourism and you know all this kind of stuff yeah. out there. Well, he's actually been forbidden by the Japanese government to sell this technology to any type of military body mm-hmm. because they don't want to they don't want to use it for evil yeah, you know they exactly. want to keep it they, super it's neat. meant for helping people yeah and all of his stuff is 3d printed like oh, in his office that's awesome yeah so that's how like i mean he makes the molds and then gets them made into casts so he can get them created like okay. over and over again but yeah he he started off doing everything by himself and he's going to keep the three the three laws, going back to those three laws of robotics, he's going to program them with the three laws in mind because he wants them to kind of be like um, security bots in the same, t- in the yeah, same way. Was, yeah, exa- yeah, yeah. He's going to equip them with like security measures. I yeah. remember reading like they're going to have... Um, mace and stun guns on them. Yeah, mace well, they, they and can. Like, a 10,000 volt stun gun and yeah. potentially a flamethrower. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think he was joking about but it won't injure a human so... Not not a flamethrower. Mason stun guns. They won't, like, kill a human. They'll just, no, like... It's just they'll make the- it. They'll make you run away. And see, I think that making stuff like this is so much cooler than, like, the American robots that we have over here, you know? It seems like these robots in America, they're just kind of little little things I, I don't know like vacuums you know like yeah, roombas no, that's oh, that's what yeah. we're doing with with robotic innovation we're making Sweep vacuums my floor yeah there's some lawnmowers and yard trimmers and stuff like that but most people are afraid of robots taking their jobs you know instead of creating mm-hmm. robots to assist them they're keep they're holding them back you know yeah. what i mean like google is one of the people who's not afraid they're making the self-driving car you know um i would consider that a robot yeah and they're actually planning on turning a lot of this stuff like i do with my job now and like the warehouse Mm -hmm. uh making that more of a robotic thing because it's not that they want to have people lose their jobs but it's because of like the wear and tear on the body there's a lot of lifting like items are 50 plus pounds and they're like why have you do it when we can just have you control a manufactured robot right so you're still gonna have your job it's just it's easier on you it takes away the labor. strain exactly yeah and that's where they want to go with it like conveyor belt type things you know and right all non-gas like they're building a huge new system out there and mm-hmm. they're gonna allow no gas vehicles on there oh wow yeah they're gonna that's pull. that's awesome you exactly know? so like it, why can't the rest of the world do what kind of like google and japan are doing well probably because then we would end up like irobot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we can event the event. We can event. <laughs> Invent the proper laws to make it so that iRobot doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, we'll see. Like, as as it goes, we'll find out, you know. I don't think we have too much to worry about as far as robot overlords go at this moment. No, but I think that's probably way beyond our generation. Yeah, like, as of right now, the closest thing we have to, like, the cool Japanese robots is something in one of the Silicon Valley hotels called a loft. It's the, the robot itself is called a bottler because it's meant to be, like, a butler. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, he's a bellhop robot, you know? That's actually kind of neat. Yeah. I drive by that uh, loft every week. There you go. It's in Cupertino, and um, it shuttles items from room from rooms to the lobby and stuff like that. So, like, you order something from room service, and they put it in the robot in this little tray in the top, and then he goes in the elevator, he connects via Wi-Fi and selects where your room is and figures out how to get there by himself, and then he goes to your room he calls your phone 
And then it goes, your item is here. And so you open up the door and he's standing out there. And, That's so cool. Yeah. And his little his little container pops open and your item is in there. You We're going to go just so we can order food from the robot. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. It's really awesome, you know. But I mean, that's like the only thing that we have right now. Well, hopefully we continue to progress. Right. That's all we can hope for. Or we'll just buy items from Japan. <laughs> or Yeah, pretty much. Like they actually, they just came out. Well, I don't, I think it's been around for a while, but she's a concierge robot in Japan. Hmm. Um, I think she's in Shinjuku or something. I didn't do enough research on her because I wasn't planning on talking about her. But <laughs> um, it's neat because you can go up to her and you can speak to her in English or in Japanese. Oh, and you fantastic. can ask her for help. Like, hey where's this located and she'll tell you she points and whatever and she'll tell you where it is we and stuff. needed that like three years ago four years ago yeah but she looks realistic like That's she's awesome. not meant to look like a robot she looks more like like a human robot so you cool. know yeah yeah it's oh. really neat we'll have to go find her when we go out there yeah so hopefully stuff like that will continue to happen you know because we could use advances and things like that yeah i mean i look forward to going to japan and seeing this human-like robot yeah we will have to we will have to seek her out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that about does it for us this week guys thank you for listening follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at super cast you can also send us an email at super cast at gmail if you want to do that instead please do because we need all the feedback we can get maybe other topics within the japanese culture that you might want us to uh, cover just let us know um you can also check out our network our podcast network at night of the living geeks notlg.com there's Mm -hmm. plenty of other podcasts to listen to not by us but by our lovely other hosts oh yeah and don't forget to follow us on itunes as well we are now on itunes yes and we're also on soundcloud so you can subscribe to us on either of those give us all of them yes give (laughs) us likes give us reviews you know something yeah please share with your friends Uh, if you enjoy our show and you find that they would enjoy it please let them know yeah that would be cool I support that. I would support that as well. <laughs> also, thank you to Alex Barroza for our music. We'll put a link down in the bottom. So if you like his stuff, you can check out some more. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.